Welcome back to the Get Smart With Money podcast. I'm your host, Dana Hernandez. I was born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area and worked at a grocery store for almost 10 years. Back then, I didn't know what I should have been doing with the money I was making, but if I had, things would be a lot different for me. Luckily, being a financial planner now in life, I'm getting myself on track, and now I'm on a mission to help others get ahead financially too. I know the struggles, and I'm in this with you. Thank you, and enjoy the show. All right, guys, thank you for joining us today. I'm interviewing someone that is a counselor. Her name is Barbara Chandler. She's not any counselor. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist, a life coach and psychedelic coach. She's currently focused on lozenge, IM and IV, ketamine treatment, as well as education, preparation and integration of other psychedelic medicines. Welcome, Barbara. I'm so excited to talk to you today, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. Awesome. Uh, So I just wanted you to tell me and the audience a little bit about yourself, because I know that we live in the same area in Reno, Tahoe, and um, yeah, I just want to know if you're from here and if you have a family and all that. (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, I'm originally from L.A., And uh, my family moved to Las Vegas and spent a long time there, Um, traveled around a lot uh, throughout um, my life uh, in the United States, and ended up back in Las Vegas, meeting my husband, um, getting married, having a child, and then moving to Reno, uh, basically to have some time with his family. And so we've been here for about eight years. Oh, wow. Okay. I've been in this area for almost six years. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a beautiful area, but I'm from California as well. (laughs) So nice. Yeah. The Bay area. So nice. Yeah. And then, so when it comes to your therapy and coaching, what made you or inspired you to become a counselor and coach to help people in that way? Well, I found myself always being that friend that people came to for advice always my whole life every and just people want to tell me things naturally you know really <laughs> open up and so i actually it wasn't my first career i've had multiple careers um it really i changed careers after my horseback riding career ended um a lot of physical um injuries and i just couldn't do that work anymore so i decided to change careers and thought well what what's something that i want to do that i think i would be good at but ultimately that i could have be my own boss set my own hours do what i want to do and have the flexibility and freedom in my life that i want to have so it just became very clear to me that therapy was a the path for that So um, I was a little bit older when I started therapy. Um, And I think that actually helped me because I I just, whether or not I agree with it, I just seem to have been taken more seriously that I was older versus a lot of younger people that go right from college into their master's program into the field. I think they just, you know, obviously don't have the age or maturity possibly is how it's perceived. I don't necessarily agree with that, but it helped me. Um, so I uh, went to school, got my master's, always knew I wanted to go into the psychedelic space. I've been very familiar with psychedelics since I was a teenager and um, just very excited for this movement and this wave, if you will, to hit and catch up with some of us. 
So I knew I wanted to go down that path and just kind of been waiting for the timing and cultural acceptance and all that kind of stuff and the legalization of certain things so that I could do some of this work without having to jeopardize my license necessarily. Right. Um, Yeah. So I did a lot of trainings in psychedelic, um, not to mention just my own history, personal use and knowledge, but I've gone through a, a lot of trainings to just legitimize myself and to make people feel more comfortable that I have a background in this and I've actually studied. Um, and it's just really been a wonderful past few years and uh, really excited about where it's going to go. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a best friend who everybody goes to her. So I know what you mean by that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, maybe she should become a therapist. Honestly, I think she would be great at it, but actually she uh, works for the welfare office and she helps out Even homeless better. people and stuff. So, I mean, she's kind of there, you know? Even better. We need <laughs> people in that system. Yeah, no, she's awesome too. So, um, so I like to ask people COVID questions because a lot of things changed with either their personal life or their career and things like that. So, um, so what kind of issues are people most coming to you with? And have you seen any noticeable difference between people that would come to see you before COVID and after COVID? Well, that's that's a good question. It's virtually impossible to really give you a solid answer on that. Um, it's all over the place. So being a therapist, I've dealt with a lot of uh, different symptomology and diagnosis before, during, and after COVID. In my own specific private practice and clients, um, I did, of course, notice some of the unique challenges that came along with COVID of people being becoming more isolated, right, Um, just out of force, essentially, of having to isolate ourselves in the beginning, especially, and having things be shut down and the impact, you know, that that had on people, people losing their jobs, losing their houses. So, yeah, that was a significant impact. yeah. Uh, that was during, you know, and still many people struggling in, in those areas. So I still am helping people with with a, a lot of COVID type situations. Uh, but but I've had I've had that even before COVID. So I think it's just life circumstances in general just tend to are different for everybody. And some people were not impacted by COVID really at all. And, and some people were significantly impacted. So it's, it's all over the place of what I am seeing and experiencing with my clients. Wow. It's still a mess out there. I guess, <laughs> from before. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of, a, a lot of people were impacted significantly. Um, and emotionally we see the impact of it, you know, the emotional toll that it took on people and children, you know, that were taken yeah. school that didn't have that social connection anymore. And then, the parents having to stay home and help their kids with Zoom um, in our area anyway, and having to rearrange schedules. And, uh, you know, I think I think as a community, we've come together in this area anyway, that I can speak to that since I live here very well. Um, overall, yes, there were a lot of children and clients specifically um, whose children kind of fell through the cracks, so to speak, through the early days of COVID with school and their education. So I see a lot of that. I don't work with children generally, but I work with the parents and and their struggles with it. Um, So I I think coming out of it, um, 
but so to speak, I mean, there's a lot of people still in it, but in general, you know, that, that things have kind of um, resumed socially that we're still seeing a, a significant emotional impact, um, sociological impact that people are having still recovering from the COVID pandemic. Wow. That's so sad. It's really, really unfortunate. And I know that a lot of people, you know, being stuck at home, you know, uh, abuse rates went up and just all kinds of that stuff happened a lot more often. And I mean, yeah, the pandemic was really good for a lot of people, but then it was really bad for a lot of people. So it kind of goes both ways. I think we also saw a big, um, uh, surge in, in substance use as well. And you can speak to other therapists about this, but that's something that's come up. So that's why I said in the beginning, it's a really hard question to, to give you just an answer. There's so many variables in different um, categories here. Uh, but for me specifically, um, especially in dealing with some of, some of these symptoms with clients that I've actually been using ketamine treatment a lot, which has been extremely effective. So uh, very excited that that's a legal way of using psychedelics to help people uh, with their struggles and symptoms. And that's been a focus for the last couple of years. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. When I saw that on your website and everything, I was like, ketamine, <laughs> They because I remember learning about it in school and, you know, they kind of only teach you one way and it was just all bad. So, I mean, but there's there's you know things are good in moderation <laughs> so yeah that's really interesting so yeah I just kind of wanted you to go a little bit more into how you help people with ketamine and psychedelics uh with your therapy and stuff um and I saw that you do retreats and stuff yeah, absolutely. So ketamine has been wonderful because it's legal. So I don't have to worry about that so much. It's um, really an anesthetic. And so in larger doses, it's given in the hospitals. Uh, it's very effective and safe with children, especially, but it's on the World Health Organization list of medication that every hospital should have because it's very safe, uh, predictable. Um, but we found that in smaller doses, it is very effective, especially in the treatment-resistant depression um, diagnosis. But there, there's a lot of research right now that ketamine is being used in a variety of different uh, diagnosis treatment. Hey, my fellow wine lovers. Guess what? I do in-home wine tastings, and also, they're free. I provide the wine. I can do these private wine tastings for 10 to 16 people, 21 and up, and I'm limited to the Reno Tahoe area only. If you're interested in booking a free tasting at a location of your choice for your bachelorette party or just a fun afternoon, please book a tasting with me using my Calendly link in the description. I can't wait for you to taste these exclusive wines. So specifically with what I do with it, um, we're generally seeing people in the clinic, or uh, I also offer in-office ketamine lozenge sessions, but in the clinic specifically, uh, we're treating treatment-resistant depression, anxiety, chronic pain, PTSD. Um, there, there's a, a, a lot of good use for ketamine. 
Um, it works on the glutamate receptors of the brain, essentially, which is responsible, among other things, for mood and, and pain regulation. Um, so glutamate is actually a neurotransmitter excitatory and produces what we call BDNF um, and also helps to form new synapses in the brain. So it, it actually helps to repair damaged neurotransmitters and create new um, pathways in the brain. Wow. which you cannot do with your traditional um, psychotropic medications. That's so interesting. <laughs> I had no idea. It's a lot. I try to, to make it uh, understandable or relatable for clients. But in essence, if somebody's struggling with depression and they've tried two or more treatments, which then allows it to be considered or diagnosed treatment-resistant depression, some insurances even cover the nasal or spravato form of ketamine. Um, if, if people qualify, um, and, and we do a lot of that in, in the clinic as well. Wow. But I think we're seeing people, especially, as you mentioned, with COVID kind of become hopeless, so to speak, and suicide ideation went up, and ketamine is very effective for active suicide ideation. Um, and so I think it's been a really effective tool because on one side, it helps with the repairing of damaged neurotransmitters in the brain, but it also, on another level, allows for a more psychedelic experience, uh, brings what we call the default mode network or that kind of task thinker ruminating thought part of our brain, quiets that down a little bit so that we can actually access some of these other thoughts, feelings, um, pathways in the brain and actually in treatment work with people and guiding them um, during their journeys to see, you know, what when we turn that default mode network down, what can we, where can we go with that, so to speak? So it's kind of like looking behind the curtain, uh, Wizard of Oz type thing, wizard. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so can, do you think this can help like people with ADD and stuff or ADHD? Because, you know, it kind of quiets their mind down a little bit. <laughs> I think that's an excellent point, and I think it can. What I like to do with people that struggle with that is teach them a lot of mindfulness, um, breath work, meditation type uh, exercises that they can learn how to regulate their own nervous system, and that helps. I think I think the ketamine probably can help with that. Also, um, just kind of taking that noise away, but I also find that sometimes people resist that. Right. And, and fear comes into place. And so it's a whole program, essentially. So when you're signing up for ketamine, you don't just show up at the clinic and you get ketamine. Uh, what we promote is, you know, an education sessions on preparation, setting your intentions so that the client comes into their first treatment with a good rapport with the therapist and, and guide or sitter. I provide services where I sit with clients during their ketamine treatments. And that relationship builds trust and allows the client to really go further into their treatment, I believe. And so it's a whole program that we promote. Uh, we also offer post treatment session. So now the client learns how to integrate what they experience with their ketamine treatment into their daily life. So it's pretty involved. Um, I think the therapy with the ketamine um, has proven to be more successful than just the ketamine alone. Uh, so which leads kind of into the retreats that we do also that you mentioned. Um, it's a group format. 
And we take about 10 people and we do an intramuscular or I am injection um, in a group format. And then we, there's a whole process to it, but afterwards um, we meet as a, as a group and discuss things in community. So it's just a way of fostering community and, and community healing, I think. Wow. I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> wow. So do you have like a lot of these retreats? Well, we don't do them very often, a few times a year, maybe two or three times a year. Okay. Um, and we do those out of our clinic in Truckee, California. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ready to do one in February. So we're currently um, looking at filling the February retreat. That, and there's different levels. And so this is a level one retreat, which would be for anybody that's interested um, in ketamine, whether it's for the spiritual exploration or the treatment of some symptoms and diagnosis. But it's if anybody has any significant um, mental health um, issues, we would refer them to having some individual ketamine treatment before entering into a group dynamic. So this is more um, for people that are wanting an introduction to ketamine or maintenance for their ketamine program or spiritual exploration or more mild mental health symptoms. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And what a beautiful place to do that in is Tahoe. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a beautiful environment. We bring in um, other healers from the community. So it really tries to foster a community healing environment in a a very safe container for people to have their exploration wow that's so cool I love that I had no idea about any of this so this is really cool well and this just barely touches the surface I mean there's there's a lot to learn about it um there's a lot of research right now uh, which is wonderful that there's so much research into psychedelics um I like to promote people really educating themselves um, doing some research and and talking to professionals and and really what's important is that people are using psychedelics safely and ethically towards their goal. Yeah, yeah, that's no, that's most important. Definitely figuring out what you need and you know how to get it mm-hmm. right. <laughs> go to the professionals and let them guide you on this path of what's right for you and how to go about doing that. Yeah, I would definitely recommend that people do that because you don't know what you're doing if you're doing it alone, especially if you have no knowledge of it at all, (laughs) you know? Right. It's very important that you have the support and the education or knowledge on what you're putting in your body, what experiences you're going to have and how you're going to react to that and have the support to learn how to process and integrate that. Um, In our area in Reno, we have a wonderful group called the Sierra Psychedelic Society, and they offer classes, guest speakers, there's a book club, there's a tea lounge, there's yoga, they have a lot of of offerings, and it's basically people, like-minded people interested in psychedelics, and so they host talks, There's, there's a lot, people can get involved in that group whether you're a first timer or you're, or you're, you know, a developed psychedelic user, everyone is welcome. Awesome. Well, cool. So, well, where can people find you? Well, um, I'm, I'm all over, (laughs) uh, my website, uh, 
is bchandlercounseling.com. I'm also in um, psychedelicstoday.com. I'm on some websites for some ketamine uh, websites. I'm on Psychedelics Today. I'm in the MAPS um, provider listing. So there's a lot of there's a lot of places uh, that you can find knowledgeable providers. Um, just have to dig a little bit, probably. Yeah, a little bit because it's not like a super known thing. <laughs> and there's not a lot. I don't think of um, of you know really a lot of trained people. Um, it's a it's a necessity right now, and I think these programs for psychedelic um, assisted therapy are doing a good job at offering quality education to facilitators to make sure that they are coming out qualified. Um, some of the programs are pricey, some of them are not, but I think you'll see those numbers grow um, as we continue down this path of psychedelics because there is a need for quality providers and facilitators. Yeah, I definitely believe in pretty much any holistic type of anything nowadays, because everything is just evolving and changing so much. And there's always new ways to do something and, you know, possibly better ways to do something. So, um, yeah, no, I'm totally behind this. <laughs> this is it's awesome. Yeah, you know, psychedelics has actually been around longer than any of us have. This isn't new. Yeah. <laughs> uh, essentially the third wave if, if you've heard that before so we're just revisiting this which is wonderful that we're having this new uh, wave happen and people are more and more accepting and open to it wow yeah no uh, yeah you're right they've been around <laughs> they've been around they're just kind of more seen as taboo but if you mm-hmm. use them in these ways and it works why not <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I think if people wanted a good history, um, they could read Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind, is a, a wonderful look at kind of the history of of the psychedelics and psychedelic use and what's happened in our country specifically with the war on drugs. And it, it's a, it does a really good job at explaining things and giving a, a really good background. Awesome. I definitely recommend that. There's a, there's a, plethora of wonderful books on the topic. Awesome. Well, that was great. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today and talking about your therapy. Um, Was there anything else that you would like to share? I mean, I think it's great that you're highlighting this and that you're open and willing to promote alternative forms of, of therapy and treatment. So I definitely thank you for your time and energy to this cause Again, wishing everybody love and light out there and to follow your your journey and your path and be mindful. You know, there's you could do a hundred more episodes like this and barely <laughs> scratch the surface, but I thank you for your willingness and openness to this topic. Yeah, that was great. It's super good knowledge for everybody. Um, especially because it's, you know, it's kind of hidden. It's really like underrated or just under the radar period. <laughs> so, but yeah, thank you very much. And, you know, I could talk on all these topics forever, but it's just trying to give a basic understanding to people and 
Because I think a lot of people come to it not knowing very much, like the unknown and just the taboo of things. So trying to normalize it for people, trying to kind of make it not scary. Yeah. Why Michael Pollan's book is good because it kind of, it's a like a thousand page book. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of good information in there, but you know, it's good for people to do research and to be open and curious about things that they might not have thought about before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very important to have an open mind. Wow. I hope you guys learned a lot as much as I did. And please do not forget to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you and have a good day. So I have some questions for you. Do you need to improve your knowledge about how money works? Are you sick of workplace drama? Are you someone who likes helping others? Would making extra money help you? Do you have a why? If you answered yes to these questions, I'm looking for you. I want driven individuals to join me in financial services. New leaders, new friends, and humans who just want to be around other like-minded humans. Most importantly, someone willing to show up for themselves and do whatever it takes to get ahead. Is that you? If it is, go book a Zoom call with me today using the Calendly link in the description of this episode. And share this with anyone you know that can answer those questions just like you did. I can't wait to meet you.